0: So take your Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm what? Psalm 23. I believe it to be the most popular place. It's at least the most popular place in the Old Testament. It may be the most popular place in the whole Bible. I have done over 200 funerals, which as a preacher is not a morbid thing, by the way. Funerals are a celebration for born-again believers. Of a life lived for Christ, and they get to go home, and and oftentimes I leave a funeral a little jealous. But uh, I have uh, I have been able to be at the bedside of a few people dying, probably half a dozen, where they actually died in my presence. Dick Carr was one of them. What a what a what an honor it was. Dick was 80 years old. Took his last breath in front of me. He took his first breath in front of his mother. He took his last breath in front of me and a few other people that were there, and I got to be there to to wish the boy go home as he got to go home. He got saved sixty years old, chief sixty. Got saved sixty years old. We had a number of people in this church for quite a while. Got saved later in life. Uh, one guy got saved young. Got saved seventy four years old, and he lived for Jesus till he was ninety years old and went home. And so I just in my mind, if I go through some of these. Uh, Older people. Older people still get saved. I know young people, a lot of young people get saved. The majority of people get saved. I was saved five years old, rededicated myself, 12 years old, rededicated myself again at 18 years old, and then every day since then. And so, Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters, he restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rock and thy the rod and thy staff they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the very presence of mine enemies. Anointing my head with oil my cup runneth over. Surely surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a there's something powerful about that sound. There's something wholesome about that sound. There's some balm of healing in that psalm. Uh, it's beautiful. The Bible is replete with information for living. You hold in your hand, old King James Bible is a roadmap on life. What's gonna, what's, what's, what has happened, what is happening, and what will happen is in this book. It is not CNN, MSNBC, and all them, all them other news media. It's in this book. It's, you want to know what's, what's going on today? Read the book. You'll find out the end of the whole thing. Amen. Jesus, he said, ye that are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall come back in flaming fire, right? You want to get up and quote that, brother? You memorize that, remember? With his holy angels. Hey, brother, Jesus is coming back. We're going we're to have justice. There's going to be law and order under King Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thought. Of course, I, I wish it was now, but God's will is he would save more folks, and I'm for that. And so his patience is that he delays that so more people can be saved. And that's a good reason, by the way. But the Bible is replete with information for the living. I mean, it's a it's a it's a virtual instruction manual on life. It it tells you what to expect, what to reject, what to inspect, and what to accept. And what Zig Ziglar says, never expect unless you inspect. You know, don't and if you don't inspect, you might as well not expect anything. And so God the Bible tells you all that. What happens to a person? that makes God his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's where David sounds. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, he didn't know about you and me, and he I don't know about whether he's your shepherd or not, but I know the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. And what happens to an individual who makes God, the Lord Jesus specifically, his shepherd, his leader, his guide, his confidant? Uh, so we look, at again, we look again, and I've preached three four times on this, this uh, passage. I did not go back and look at anything I had done previous to this. I took this as if I'd never preached on before and asked God to give me something. And so he did, and I believe I can share this with you this morning, um, do an exposition here of these short six verses in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When the Lord, Jesus, is your shepherd, he wants you to prosper. Well, this is not health and wealth. I'm not preaching health and wealth. Health and wealth is not of God, not of the Bible. Uh, many, many places, 1 uh, Peter 4.19, uh, if you suffer, you know, it, the Bible talks. in fact, the whole book of 1 Peter talks about Christian suffering. If you said Christians aren't supposed to suffer, you'd have to deny a lot of the New Testament. But it's how we suffer. Amen? We can suffer with a song in our heart. We can suffer with, with with joy in our soul. The world cannot suffer like that. They don't know how to suffer like that because they have no comfort like we do. So when the Lord Jesus is your shepherd, He wants you to prosper. He said, I shall not want. David was sure that God was going to take care and meet his needs. Now, Philippians 4.19 says, but My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I get it. But in this case, he says, Needs, you know, he's gonna take care of your needs. I shall not want. He's gonna be here for God's gonna be here for you now, and he's gonna be here for you eternally. He's never gonna leave you nor forsake you, even though the devil with his foul breath whispers in your ear, God has forsaken you. It's a lie. Your shepherd cares about your needs. He knows your needs. And by the way, you're either going to you're going to trust somebody for your needs. All of you trust somebody for your needs. You're either going to trust Jesus Christ as your shepherd for your needs or you're going to trust yourself or you're going to trust your government or you're going to trust another religion. Or you're going to to trust somebody else for your needs, because you have all kinds of needs. Everybody's got them. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm going to trust him for the needs that come up in life. Now, there's been a bunch of people go by that you have have known that that have not placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their shepherd. How did they end? I'm very interested in people that don't know Jesus and how they end. I'm very interested in that. Steve Jobs. I happen to like Apple. I like Apple phones. All our computers at this church are Apple. They're the least maintenance, phenomenal. Uh, like like Steve Jobs used to say, they just work. And but that's G- that's Steve Jobs used to say. What was he? Fifty six when he died. Fifty six, fifty seven years old. How many here are fifty six or above? Raise your hand. Yeah. Uh, you, you people in your 30s and your 20s, uh, like you girls in your 20s, uh huh, you may think that's old, but 56 isn't that old to us, is it? 56 is like gone. 56 years old is not a good full life. And no matter how much money Steve Jobs had, I saw a picture just before he died, he was skeletal, skeletal thin. And he couldn't save himself. And Steve Jobs put his, he he made his shepherd the wrong, wrong shepherd. He went to the wrong shepherd. He went to the wrong shepherd. It was sad. Michael Jackson, oh, and all his why everywhere he went, girls screamed and yelled and shouted and did all kinds of things. Couldn't save him. I think he died at 50 years old, if I remember right. Robin Williams, a comedian of all people, a people, a person that makes people laugh. And he was good. At making people laugh he was had a quick mind he had a good memory and he could he could he came up with all kinds of funny little things and and you know but no matter how it didn't he was so sad at the end of his life that he killed himself so his shepherd didn't work out good for him I think of Frank Sinatra his shepherd didn't work out good Jerry Lewis, his shepherd didn't work. These are for you old folks, by the way. Marilyn Monroe, I think she was 36 when she died. and all her beauty and all her supposed fame and glory, she was miserable, died of an overbarbiturate dose. Jim Morrison, in all his fame and popularity of the the group called The Doors, killed himself on an overdose. Jimi Hendrix, 27 years old also. Famous, well-known, successful, rich, uh, they adopted that as the world. They basically said the world is going to be my shepherd. 27 years old, he died uh, by an overdose. John Lennon was shot and murdered, I think, at 50 years old. Uh, George Harrison died of cancer. Epstein, recently, coming to the recent one, Epstein. Uh, he was, uh, I think he had it in the bank, yeah, I looked at it, I think I read this in the bank, he had $190 million cash. That was cash, available cash, wasn't invested. And he was worth like $575 million or more, and he had that much cash. Now, there's people in this in this room, if you've made money and, and, and the world, you're your shepherd, you're saying, if I only had that much money, everything would smooth itself out. Why don't you learn from people like Epstein? It doesn't work. The Lord is my shepherd. With God as your shepherd, with the Lord Jesus Christ as your shepherd, you shall not want but every other every other lord and every other avenue of of, that is beside and other than god will fail you and it will disappoint you in the end you must choose wisely if i may say that and so how how are you doing how are you doing right now who's your shepherd who's your shepherd well if it's the lord jesus christ Listen, listen to what the Bible says about those who follow the Lord. In Psalm chapter 1, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's the Bible. Psalm 19, 10 through 11, speaking of the Word of God. More to be desired are they, these, these the Word of God that is, than, than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them was thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. What kind of reward? Not a little reward, great reward. Psalm 3, verse uh, 13 through 14 says, Happy is the man that finds wisdom, the man that getteth understanding, For for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and gain thereof than fine gold. Do you believe the Bible? This is the Bible. Proverbs 8.20, I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those who love me to inherit substance. That's God's desire. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I will fill their treasures. Revelation going all the way to the end of the Bible, chapter 22, the last chapter of the book, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, Jesus' words, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, he says, I'm going to help you. Meet, I'm going to meet your need. I'm talking about the real needs. You say, oh, I'd like a new boat. That, that's not really maybe a need that you've got to have, right? The need, the, the real needs of people are not handled with your hands. They're not, they're not houses and clothing and possessions. The real need is peace of mind, right? People, You ever meet people who have everything, but they don't have peace of mind? Well, by the grace of God, we, we, we know the God of peace who gives you the peace of God. Amen? Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm not there yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. So anyway, the first thing I see there, he's our shepherd. second thing, he compels you to do many things that you do not understand now. Follow his leadership, make him number one, but understand he will compel you, verse 2, to do things you do not want to do or do not understand. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That has to do with compelling me. Your shepherd will not be logical to you uh, or conform to your wisdom or the world's common sense. The world looks at us born-again believers that give our lives and our substance and our talents to the Lord Jesus as, as crazy. They look, they look at us like we've wasted a good life, and yet you look at the end of their lives, and you don't see that they've invested very wisely, do you? I've just mentioned a few, and I can go on and on with those people who, who did not end well and, and were miserable by the things that the world offered them. But you go to go to God's people that love Jesus and quietly served Him and follow Him, and I've seen enough of them come and go to tell you that's the way I want to end. I've seen the peace they have during troubled times. I, I've heard the words of wisdom come out of them through the years. I've watched. I've observed. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Uh, you'll not see... The wisdom of his actions in your life until your life's down the road of ways. The world you'll see first of all the world's flash. He doesn't want you to have that. The devil's thrills. He doesn't want you to have that. The flesh's chills. He doesn't want you to have that. Lusts excitement. He doesn't want you to have that out of out of his parameters. Often cannot be fulfilled with Christ as your shepherd. You're not going to, be, have to have Jesus Christ, your shepherd, and be able to indulge in everything the world offers. There are many things that you're excluded from having Christ as your shepherd. We had a young lady that was a member of our school uh, a, a while back here, and she uh, had informed me that she wanted to be a model, you know. I said, well, if you become a model, one of the first things that the people, the modeling agency is going to want to do is get your clothes off. They're going to want you to uh, be a lingerie model. It'll start there. Then it goes past the lingerie model. Well, it'd be a little more risque thing. If you did a little bit more risque stuff, you'd get more popular, make more money. You see it happening all over with these supermodels all the time. So-and-so supermodel bears all. So-and-so supermodel goes to be a playboy. They give they give a girl this uh, playmate of the playmate of the month $1 million to be playmate of the month. That's what happens to models. And so... uh. I said, you don't want to be a model for Jesus. You don't want to be a model. I said, she, I said, you know, she said, well, I can do anything as a Christian. I said, well, who told you that? Can you be a stripper and be a Christian? Can you be a bartender and be a Christian and help, help people with alcohol? And Can you drug, sell drugs and be a Christian? I mean, I started going through this list. Obviously, she was just a uh, not well-informed teenager realizing that there's many things that he's got. My shepherd's going to, once he becomes my shepherd and I give him my loyalty, he's going to say, now, there's certain things that you cannot do if you follow me. But guess what? There's a whole bunch of things you get to do if you follow me. So the list of get to do is a whole lot better. What really God is doing is my shepherd is saving me from a whole lot of hurt and giving me a whole lot of blessing. But it takes a while to figure that out. And you don't want to have to live it and find out. You want to have to listen and find out. You're either going to learn by, by, uh, by doing or you're going to learn by listening. What, what is it going to be for you? I want to learn by listening, amen? I don't want to be the guy out there walking without a leg to realize I shouldn't have done something and lost a leg, amen? Tell me ahead of time if there's some problems with it. Help me. He makes you lie down in different pastures than the world does. But his end result is peace, and it's a beautiful thing. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, neither give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you're here this morning and your heart's troubled, I had somebody come to me a while back and said, I've been watching the news and I'm all just upset, I'm a nervous wreck. That's That's not the position of a Christian, amen? Our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, said he's going to take care of us. I believe him. He may make me to go places and do things that I'm not necessarily familiar with or maybe even in favor of and don't quite know the outcome of them, but I trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, uh, whatever, 3, 5, and 6, I believe it is. So our tendency is to be troubled and afraid but your shepherd is going to calm those fears down. Look at look at verse three. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name'sake. Your shepherd's uh, looking out for your eternal soul. He restores it. What does it really mean? Uh, everything here cannot be kept. He knows that. Everything here cannot be possessed permanently. He knows that. So he's looking out for my best, and he's looking out for those things which are valuable for my soul, which can be eternally possessed. My soul, without him, needs restoring. I need to realign my thinking. I'm in this world of of touch and feel, and and to be honest with you, this this looks real to me. This looks permanent to me. Is it? This is just a piece of wood. Now, this wood right here is 40 years old. This is 40 years old. But I can tell you right now, is there'll be someday this is going to just rot away, be thrown away in a dumpster, and probably as soon as I, I'm not the pastor, and, and, and Chris Barrows becomes pastor, he'll make he'll put up here a see-through uh, lexicon. Um, uh, Nehemiah preached on a wood pulpit. I'm sticking with wood. But I'm smart enough to know this isn't going to be, this is not a forever thing here. This, is, this tile here is porcelain all the way through. This will be here 2,000 years from now. If you didn't have, I know because I've seen Roman stuff over there. 2,000 years old. It still looks pretty good. Uh, tile will last a long time. But 6,000 years, 10,000 years, no, it's gone. Everything you touch is not permanent except for the Bible, the Word of God, actually itself, and your soul. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me light on green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He teaches me what's real, what's not real. He teaches me what I can possess and what I really cannot possess. Uh, he takes my, my, my soul, which is in turmoil of unrest and frustration and anger and fear and anxiety, and he calms it with his word and his assurances and the blessed Holy Spirit. Look at the fourth thing in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Your shepherd is with you in the hardest of times and beyond the hardest of times. Now, I realize that if you're 20 years old, 15 years old, you're a teenager in your 20s or 30s, you haven't seen, possibly haven't even gone to the doctor yet, possibly ha- don't even have a doctor. I'll say, do you have a doctor? They say, I don't have a doctor, never been to the doctor, amen? That's a pretty common statement for 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, and 40-year-olds is less common, 50-year-olds, real uncommon, 60-year-olds, forget it. you got three, four doctors. I remember I took my 80-year-old mother into the doctor, and uh, I used to get a 3 Kick out of this, the first thing they do is they come out with a pad of paper and a pencil and they say, Well, tell me your medications that you're on. And I'll tell her she's not on any medications. They go, Just like you did. Now, wait, well, well, maybe you don't understand me. Now, what medications is she taking every day? And I said, She doesn't take any medications. He says, Wow. Wow. No medications? I said, No medications. She'd go in a nursing home. they put her on six medications the first day she's in a nursing home. Six. That's six right there. And I can't even remember them all. Antidepressant. I said, she's not depressed. It's protocol. i put her on an on a, on a antidiarrhea. diarrhea medicine. well, she don't have diarrhea. Well, it's protocol. They put her on a uh, statin. She don't have problems with cholesterol. Well, it's protocol. And I I dug through that thing, and everybody that enters into a nursing home gets on six protocol medications by the doctor. And I said, you don't put her on any of that stuff. He said, if she's going to be in here, she's going to be on them. And they put put her on them. As soon as I get her out of the nursing home, I said, Mom, we quit all that stuff. We quit it all. She'd get better. She'd get better, brighter, happier, and more to herself. Now, I'm not against medications, folks but I just thought I'd lay that on you. I mean, hard times when you got to be taking all kinds of medications, when you're sickly like that. It's hard times. But i got to comfort that though I walk through that valley and though I see the very shadow of death. Now, wait a minute. Is, the shadow is not the actual thing, right? It's just a shadow, but it means it's close. When I'm close to death, the shadow of us there. I mean, you can almost see it on your face. Uh, The lips get grayish or blackish or darkish. The skin gets transparent. Uh, The breathing becomes labored. Uh, Oftentimes, the mouth will open up. And you know the shadow of death is there. It's close. It's coming on them. He says, I'm going to be with you. Yay, though I walk even through that valley. God is with me, and I've seen it. So what a difference. I used to do nursing home where I'd go, I'd go door-to-door door in a nursing home. I'd go room-to-room. Room. And I'd go in a room, a person one saved. They were, they were just, they were agony, and, and the people that were saved were peaceful. I'd go, into a, I'd go into a dying nursing home, a woman in a nursing home that was dying, not always a woman, but a man sometimes, but most of the time women. Why? The men die like this. The women, they go over a long period of time. But nevertheless, that was free. Uh, really, the nursing home was full of women. And I felt terrible for them because it wasn't a good place to be. I wouldn't want to be there. But when I would walk in their room, I could feel the peace. I'd say, ma'am, I'm Bill Lytell, Gospel Baptist Church, and I'd like you to talk to you." Oh, Sonny, do you know Jesus? Pretty soon they're preaching to me. Pretty soon. And they are. They are. I mean, I, I've been in some rooms, I could, I could see the glow, almost like, almost like Moses' face. And I went into an old preacher that was dying, he had a bad heart, and I went into him, and, and uh, I'll think of his name in a second, and I went to the hospital, got in the ICU, I get right in there, boy, I get right in, there, I do the last rites. And so I got in there, and I, I'm beside his bed, and, and I said, uh, there, was a, there was a glow on this guy's face. I'm telling you, it was, was, I'm going to say spooky, but it wasn't spooky in a bad way. And I looked at his face and I said, Brother, they say outside here, the nurses say, you only got a few hours to live. He said, I know. I said, how is it being that close to eternity? He says, good. I said, oh, good. Because I'm going to be there someday. And I'm glad that the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. I'm glad that the, that the, that the that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not, I'm not going to fear any evil because fear, like a like a dense fog, wants to come over you when trouble comes. You rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take care of me. Psalm 23, 5. Thou preparest a table before me. This is a strange verse. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. We experience the results of his good leadership in the very worst of times. Right in the heat of the hardship, God gives you a little table, a little table to eat from. Now, you know what makes your heart happy when you're real hungry and you go in, somebody's labored, and they've got the table all set with food. And most of you pretty are getting pretty hungry. Got mashed potatoes smothered in butter, real Idaho mashed potatoes. And you got ribeye there that has just been granulated. Uh, or or uh, really another thing I look forward to is black bear. They're tremendous to eat. Black bear, some of the best meat I ever had in my life is black bear. Why? They hibernate. And the fat is is granulated through their meat, and when and where's all the taste at? It's in the fat. You people that get rid of the fat, quit it. The fat is number one, the best tasting of the whole thing, and it's your ticket to go to heaven. It's two good things. Man, I don't go for these lean, these, these millennials want to eat this lean food. You might as well eat cardboard. You might as well wrap this up and eat it. <laughs> when our enemies are closing in, we can have a deep joy boiling over. He knoweth my head with oil, a cup runneth over. Right when the shadow of death is coming, he says, my cup's running over. My head's being anointed. I'm having a table prepared for me. It's a good thing. Man, it's good to be a Christian. Woo! I'm 68 years old. I wouldn't want it any other way. You know when, you know when Christianity really, really, the, 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 often in life you work, 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 and then you profit. And that's what Christianity is. A lot of the profit of Christianity is in the end of it. It's in the end of it. Trust him all the way through. You'll find him to be so. Do you have enemies? Oh oh, oh, oh! let not my enemies triumph over me, David said. You have enemies? You have enemies of your soul, the devil himself. You have enemies of your soul, the, the people who follow him. What in the world? Why in the world do these liberal people hate us so much? Because we don't believe in murder? Because we don't believe in lying? because we don't believe in stealing because we want to love our neighbors ourselves name me why they hate us they don't even know why because their father hates us and his hate is what they call blind hate it's hate without reason it's hate without a foundation they have no real sense common-sense foundation to hate the Bible to hate Christianity listen I want to live in a place where the Bible rules, where there's law and order, where I love you, and you love me, and I don't steal from you, and I don't try to take your wife, and you don't try to take my wife, and you don't come and take my stuff, and I don't take your stuff. In fact, I try to do you good. That's the place I want to live. I don't want to live in one of them autonomous zones, and you wouldn't either. And those people that are in those autonomous zones that somehow got, that live in there, they don't want to be in there either. then the last verse, my favorite verse of the whole thing, I have quoted this, I have prayed this many, many hundreds and hundreds of times. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I can tell you from 18 to 68 is 50 years. And I can tell you, I only have 50 years to look at, but I can say, I don't say that verse on faith anymore. I say this verse on fact. Now, it was beautiful walking by faith. When I was 18, I was walking by faith through my 20s, 30s, 40s. But now that I'm up in age, I can tell you, Ugh. I know this to be so. I know this to be so. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness and mercy. Who doesn't want goodness and mercy? All the days of my life. And then let's put the capstone on it. Let's put the capstone on it. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the capstone. Where are you going to be 100 years from now? because I can pretty well say that none of you are going to be alive a hundred years from now. Where are you going to be a hundred years from now? In fact, in this room, where are you going to be tomorrow? What are you going to do when they come for you? What are you going to do when they come for you. When the Lord Jesus comes for you, you'll be happy, man. It'll be, be a good time. You'll get to dwell in the house of the Lord. as my shepherd. I ask you this question, I stop. Is he your shepherd? Make him your number one. You don't go to a shepherd and compromise or cut a deal. You don't cut a deal with a shepherd. Say, you can be my shepherd 80%, but for 20%, I want to do my own thing. Now, shepherd's not going to live with that, right? It's kind of an all-or-nothing kind of a decision. The Lord's going to be my shepherd, or he's not going to be my shepherd. Like my dad. He was my dad, or he wasn't my dad, you know? But he, he was my dad. So there was no option of opting out on his authority. I couldn't say, well... I don't like what you just told me, so I'm not going to do it. That didn't fly. Why? Because he was my dad. He was my shepherd. And God, when you make Christ your shepherd and trust him as your personal savior, you've made him your shepherd. You're not going to be able to do it your way, walk your way, talk your way. You're going to have to do it his way. And trust him that his way is the best way. In the end of it all, when you stand on the end of your life, you're going to say, it's the best life. It's the best way to walk. It's it's the only thing that gave permanence to me. When you make the Lord as your shepherd. Father, help us a few minutes together as we look over this Psalm 23. We pray, Father, that folks may use this as a psalm of comfort, may use it as a psalm of encouragement. When the dark clouds come, and they do, when the storm comes, Storm passes over, and the thunder sounds no more. Father, help us to place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there may be some here. I do not know everybody here. They would say, Brother Bill, truthfully, I have not ever made Jesus Christ my shepherd. Why don't you do it today? The Bible says that if thou should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus And believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. There's no con in God. It's got to be real. But boy, what a beautiful decision that is. And let me ask you, if you're doubting about making that, who else are you going to trust? How are the world people doing? How are they doing? The people that were the billionaires and millionaires and leaders a hundred years ago, they're all gone. They're all gone. And a hundred years from now, we'll all be gone. Where will you be? Where will you be? Who will you have trusted in? Come to the Lord Jesus. He'll verify who he is to you. He'll give you the assurance that David had. surely, surely. Uh, You'll be able to say that. Father, help them this morning in the name of Jesus. You come do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285.